I'm going to give you a little advice. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. And all you have to do is get in touch with it. Stop thinking. Let things happen. And be the ball. On today's podcast, we welcome Vishnu Parasaraman, our glorious Canes writer at SliceMiami.com. And... He also dabbles in some other things. He's a big Dallas Cowboys fan, Mavericks fan. We have a big Heat Mavericks matchup, actually, what, in about 20 minutes. I'm not sure if you're planning on watching that, are you? I don't think it's on TV here, and I can't imagine it's worth hunting for. I mean, as fun as it is to uh, see a lottery pick battle, you know, there's I know, right? That's all it's about. That's really all it's about at this point. I have to have... It's funny, I have to be so inebriated to watch the Heat now. Like, I just can't. I can't watch them sober. I watch like one out of every two or three games. Now, even that, I think, is just it's too much. It's, you know, both teams, right? Life comes at you fast. Who do you think, <laughs> I mean, who do you think between the two teams, it's funny, they were both in the finals not that long ago, battling it out. But who do you think, which team is better set up, better equipped to rebuild quickly in your mind? It's, uh, it's definitely the Heat. Yeah. Well, because the the Mavericks are still hanging on a little bit. I mean, there's the Dirk situation, so right. I I don't I don't know. I think Wade kind of helped them by actually exiting stage right there. Absolutely. I mean, it hurts, but it definitely accelerates the rebuild. The Mavericks still have a a lot of. I mean, the Mavericks have a bunch of money until Wes Matthews, and <laughs> there, there's definitely it was in Harrison Barnes, and so there's yeah. those guys are a little bit younger, but that's not. I don't think that's the core of anything, and that's where their money is. So. But the good thing with Wade, with uh, Dirk, and if, if Wade had this, I would have no problem overpaying him. He's got a jump shot. You know, he could just stand in the corner. Even if, even if his minimum value is just standing in the corner and launching threes, I'm okay with that. Wade, I mean, his game it doesn't age well. Let's just put it that way. Oh no, and I'm and I'm totally fine. Even if Dirk, and I'm sure Heat fans feel the same way about Wade, like. If they just paid him and he stunk and was not contributing, because I just feel like the value to the franchise, like I'm willing to live with that. Um, but definitely by Wade leaving, it does get you in a position to rebuild a lot faster. Because oh, he would, he would have. I mean, they would not be this. We can talk about you know how his game isn't aging well or whatever, but they would not be nearly this bad if Dwayne Wade was hey, still on the team. Well, here's, here's the thing, <laughs> I I tend to disagree with you. I think. His impact overall when you factor in both sides of the court, when you factor in his inability to, to shoot and the players that are around him, I don't think he makes a huge difference. I think he's maybe worth two or three wins to this point. I mean, in, and if you average that over the season, let's say it's four or five wins, I don't think he's quite as impactful as, as many assume he is because people think of him, the name, Dwayne Wade, in, in his prime, tearing people up, and he, he can't shoot. Uh, his game is declining. He's shooting 43% from the field this year. I think you can argue that Tyler Johnson might be a better fit with Chicago or Miami versus are, Dwayne Wade. Are we, are, are, we, are we seriously going to get into a situation where the Mavericks fan is defending Dwayne Wade and, and the Heat? There you fans? go. I mean, there you go. That, that's I'm, where we bettered. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about moving on from. The, it's a business, you know. And as a fan, you appreciate everything they've done. You cheer them for as long as they live. But you know, it, it's a tough situation once they get older. And as you see. With the Boston Celtics, who traded what Pierce Garnett, they traded everybody. Basically, they got out of that situation when they realized that their t- their time has peaked. And look what they have to show for it. They're going to have a top three pick most likely in the draft next year. And I think they have Brooklyn's pick the year after that. Like 
that's a great haul. Well, for, I think it has to like skip a year, right? Right. It's a great <laughs> haul though like, for even regardless, like for an aging Paul Pierce and aging Car- Kevin Garnett, like props to Ant- I hate Danny Ainge and I hate the Celtics, but props to them for parting at the right time. There's no right way to do it, but but that that's fine. Like so, like I acknowledge that. I think everything you're saying is correct, and most of the time it is treated as a business, and you know. But I'm fine sucking if Dirk's on the team. I'm just I'm good with it. I can enough. live with it. it and maybe also, that's because maybe that's because I mean no one remembers this, but me probably I'd definitely listened to this podcast. But like the Mavericks were abhorrent in the '90s, like really like the worst franchise in we're sports. We're talking what pre Steve Nash and pre Dirk, right? Well, well, really it was Michael Finley who got there first. That was like the first actual right. professional basketball player for like a decade, and they had all the they, lot. Of, didn't they have Jason Kidd during that run? They did have. They had. Oh boy, we don't even want to go through what happened with him, Mashburn, and Jim Jackson, but. <laughs> but that on paper is nice, you know, when you think that about it. That was there now. for about a year. Um, right. And imploded over Tony Braxton. But the point the point is like there were lottery picks every year and the team never even made the playoffs. So given that there's no guarantee there, I'd rather just enjoy as much dirk as I can get and then whatever happens. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right, let's let's get out of the, the tanking talk. I, I can't the NBA it's essentially meaningless now for me. I, I gotta get away from that. Okay. Canes. Uh, they're losing a lot this year in the form of at the top end of the draft, but they also return a lot. Brad Kaya is the most notable to party in early draft entry. Where do you see him going in the NFL draft as far as, I, don't, so I know it's I, early, but I mean, do you think he can possibly with great workouts, great interviews, all that bump slide into the, the end of the first round? I think he could. I'd more expect him probably in the second. I'm sure his grade like, you know, when they, they bring out their draft boards, he'll be like a third or a fourth rounder because of right. his mobility. But there's 100% going to be a team that puts him through a workout, watches his arm, and is just like, oh, we're picking this guy. And that'll reach for him. And when they talk to uh, him, you know, he's a really likable kid. He's smart, obviously. I, I, I mean, have never you, sat down with him, done X's and O's, but from everything you hear, he seems to be elite in that area. You know, he seems to be a smart kid. Yeah, no, I mean, he's 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 the prototypical... 1990s NFL quarterback stand in the pocket, stand in the pocket tall and throw strikes. And he does that, but that's not the way the game is anymore. You have to be able to move around now. Yeah. Hey, look at, look at Matt Ryan. I mean, look at, uh, I know Aaron Rodgers is amazing feet. Who else is in there? But it's not, so it's not just, well, I mean, let's not talk about Aaron Rodgers, please. Still fresh wound. Fresh wound. Cowboys fan. Is that not the most ridiculous throw you, I I still can't believe he made that throw. I mean, I can't even be mad. It's absurd. It's, he's a superhero, though. You know, at this point, at this point, he's he's LeBron-like. Yeah, so I don't I don't think he should be a comparison for any. I mean, he throws it across his body, forty-yard dart right up the side. I'm just whatever. Anyway, um, but but it's very rare for a quarterback that to to just stand there now and not move at all, and and that's kind of what Kaya is. Right. And not just that though, because even the ones that aren't mobile, you talked about Matt Ryan, and then you know Brady's not very mobile. They can move. Or, they know how to navigate the pocket. Right. And he and, and I think we saw clearly this year. And look, the you, you, Miami offensive line did not do him any favors. But if you got traffic around him, he did not know how to move around the pocket and get the ball out. And that's in the NFL. There's always going to be traffic around you. So I think that. But you know, 20 years ago, they didn't care about things like that, and it was much more give me the arm strength draft right. number right. one overall. Right. I think that he would have been definitely at the top of the charts then. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. He just, in the way he ended, too, you could go back, and I, I'm not going to look at all the film because I don't care enough, but I imagine the guys that do, and they look back through the tape at everything, and they, they could probably find reasons to give him some slack and say, wow, the, the line was terrible. Uh, it's a new offense. Maybe Mark Rick didn't put himself in the best position to succeed overall. I mean, they could have targeted Joku more. I, I mean, obviously they had some issues, but I could see some team falling in love with them and either trading up in early second. Like, I saw there was something in the Herald today about Mel Kuyper saying he's got him as, like, a fourth rounder. I don't think there's a chance in hell that so that I can, I, I can definitely there. see – no, no, I, I totally agree with what you said. I think the grades will come out that way because they'll do a full evaluation profile and say, well, with all these limitations, he shouldn't go before the third or fourth round. On the other hand, it's going to be exactly what you said. When you go in there – and you're looking for good things, there's plenty of good to see. Right. And he can make all the throws. He's got a cannon. And I think the bowl game was, like, the perfect example of that in that the first quarter and a half, he could not throw anything. He looked terrible. He was taking bad sacks. And then he basically completed one or two passes and was just on fire and threw, whatever, four or five touchdowns and was the MVP. And if you watch that game and you're being cynical or evaluating the overall performance, you'd see a lot of problems with it. And kind of say, you know, this guy should not go that high. But if you're looking for the positives and could see all the NFL throws you need to make were on display. Right, but it, so, now just watching it from a casual fan's perspective, it felt like in the second half, or excuse me, they, they caught on in the second quarter, right? That's when they got high. Yeah, basically midway through the second quarter, yeah, yeah. It felt like they were calling quicker routes where he wasn't holding the ball as long. They were getting into players in space, getting them over the middle. He happens to throw over the middle very well. I feel like... That could have been more of a product to the play calling than anything else. It might have been, but he's making every throw. He was putting the ball on the money all over the field, and that's really what they look for, right? Right. He's, and, and, and I think what was really on display was his arm strength because what happened there was, I mean, the first touchdown, the Njoku, like the ridiculous touchdown he had where he like ran through the whole defense, a lot of those plays are touchdowns, yes, because the athletes are great, but also because – He's getting the ball to him so quickly they stuff space. And right. and those are things that they love in the NFL because you have to get the ball there. Otherwise, it gets knocked down or intercepted. And that's so the I NFL think... nowadays. Nobody's throwing deep unless it's Ben Roethlisberger, maybe Matt Ryan, unless you have like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, look at Tom Brady. Most of his game is within 10 yards. And Kaya can do right. that. Right. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he can. So this is the question, right? He doesn't have Brady's ability to move and to to get the ball out accurate. Like I I don't know that that he would will ever have that ability to make that quick decision making that Brady right. does. But right. he's got the arm to do it, and that's that's what they're gonna do. They're like I can coach him to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm I'd be shocked if he gets past the second round. Exactly, and then you think about a guy like Hackenberg who went in the second round last year, and just from a production standpoint, he blows him away. Oh right, and I mean he's got basically all the school records at Miami, which is which is a big deal. Right, right, yeah. And now, what about Joku? Because I, I saw a lot of noise this week. NFL Network thinks he's a top fifteen player in the draft. Uh, I think the guy from Bleacher Report, Matt Miller, he has him as a top thirty guy. I mean, he's starting to climb, and what's amazing is he's such a physical freak. I expected the climb, but I expected it after the combine when he runs a four five or four four and jumps forty inches. Well, I think this is this is you know it's that I definitely think that was going to happen, but I 
I think everyone just is ahead of the game now. I don't even know if the combine serves a purpose anymore. Right. It's so There's stupid. so much film on everyone. There's for so Jer- much- wait for Jerry Jones. You know it does. You know for the, <laughs> the for the late Al Davis, I'm sure it still does. Yeah, I just I don't see like there, there's there, there's so much film on these guys now that like I mean a lot of games didn't used to be on TV. That's why you'd have the combine. Like you can watch like a Division three game on to get like video of it now, but. Right. I mean, with him, I think the big thing is, like, how important the tight end position is in the NFL now. So it's not like – it used to be a throwaway position. This is, like, basically an extra lineman right. that you sometimes throw the ball to. And now it's, like, the Patriots' offense was kind of centered around their tight end. God, I hope he doesn't go there. I'm going to throw up if he goes to New England. Because he would, I mean, he would wreak havoc with Brady and Gronk, and Gronk next to him. Oh, my God. Well, hopefully he doesn't uh, fall that far in the draft, too. So. Man, I hope not. I think he's going to be a stud. I was trying to think of an NFL tight end to compare him to, and I I really couldn't think of any. Like he's physically maybe like Vernon Davis when he came out because he was just that that freak kind of raw, really athletic. But I mean, he didn't turn out to be that great, and I feel like he's got a higher ceiling than him. Yeah, he's definitely got a high ceiling. Now he still does have issues. Either he did have issues with drops this year. There was like one or two passes a game. You're like, how'd you not catch that? So he's a. I mean, I think we kind of forget he. I believe Al Golden moved him to was a defensive end or something. Jesus so he didn't even Christ. play. He didn't even play tight end his whole, his wait, whole wait, time. Was that was that was that an actual thing? Are you serious? No, no. He definitely at at one. I unless I'm like completely hallucinating, I'm pretty sure at one point he played defense. I'm not going to cheat and Google it to correct myself. So flood in with the, uh, well, actually, oh <laughs> you God. listen to this, but I'm pretty sure he was on defense. At one Speaking point. of the Al Golden regime, what was your first initial impression when you saw that D'Onofrio got hired by Houston? I mean, I thought it was a joke. I don't, I still don't get it. I mean, <laughs> like I really, you thought it was sat, like you thought it was satire. Yeah. And, and, and I, I feel bad. I mean, you know, you're mixed emotions. You feel bad for the fan base. Oh, I thought you were going to say you felt bad for his family. And then... No, no. I mean, look, good on him for getting another job. I mean, you can't begrudge the man that. I yeah. just, I can't believe that. Keep in mind this, right? So Randy Shin was the head coach at Miami. Um, obviously failed as a head coach, but he was also the defensive coordinator for six years, five of which they finished in the top ten. He just now got the Florida defensive coordinator job. Right. He's been a position coach since then. How D'Onofrio bounced like one year away doing Boys and Girls Club. <laughs> was that then, wait, was that an actual thing? Like, yeah, no, no, that that's like it's from? like a running joke. It is a thing, but it's because his kids were. It, it, it he was coaching his kids. It was right, not. He was just standing on the sideline, that kind of thing. Yeah, he was no, no, still he getting was, paid, right? Miami was still. No, no he's definitely him. getting paid by Miami. But no, he was. I mean, it's a, it's a joke that. I mean, it's kind of it, that is actually what he was doing, but it was because his kids were there and he was still living in Miami, so he just. I'm not doing anything. I'll coach my kids' team. It wasn't a, a situation where like he literally like was turning down other offers to do that. But right, it's so think of it what you will. Obviously, if a, if a real program had come and offered him a defensive coordinator job, he would have taken it. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I do not know what they're thinking. I can't possibly imagine this goes anything. This is anything other than a disaster. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's it must be all one thousand percent who you know relationships. Uh, with your friends, comfortable, because, I mean, yeah, there's no reason that guy should be hired by another major Division One program. And, I mean, Houston, I know they lost their coach, but you could argue that they were in a better place than Miami this year. You know, I think it's a fair argument. No, it's not. Come on. It's... I mean, they, they were pretty good this year. They were. He was getting the they most started, out of his talent. They started well, and then they imploded in conference play. They outgolded it, basically, and... 
they, they, I mean, if you don't win Conference USA, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll still take Tom Herman as my coach any day, even oh, over no, I Mark. Think, I think I think he's great. I don't I don't think there's a problem with him. I'm just I don't know if they had a better year. Yeah, they lost a couple that, close games, but yeah, eventually, yeah, obviously, it's hard to do. It's hard to just completely revolutionize a program that quickly, you know. But all right, Miami Hurricanes next year. They're down Kaya. They're down Coley, uh, Corn Elder. They've lost some pretty solid, talented guys, but. As we saw in the bowl game, that front seven should be ferocious. They return their leading rusher, their leading receiver. Quarterback situation is a question mark. Is it possible they can be better than they were this year? Uh, yeah, it's definitely possible because so I think they'll they definitely have a chance to be better record wise. This team minimized their record. If you look at at the games they lost and the games they won, none of the games they won were even competitive. They're all double digits. They did not win a game by less than double digits and. Other than the Virginia Tech game, every loss was one score. So right. it easily could have been a better record. So I think the team might actually really be worse but end up with a better record. Uh, but <laughs> right. the, real, the real thing is the, the secondary. They're replacing the whole thing. So that, that would be – I'd actually worry about that more than quarterback just because, like you said, got – I mean, at, at minimum, Malik Rozier and Nkosi Perry are athletic and you could literally hand the ball to Walton and have the quarterback run around and have a half-assed offense. Right. <laughs> so I'm not. And they that weren't that good. And they weren't that good even with a pretty solid dropback passer and Kaya this right. year. Right. And it'll offense. be a, it'll be a different dynamic if you have a mobile quarterback back there. Right. Because uh, all those run pass options they're running, the quarterback run wasn't really an option. So, so you kind of add that element. I'm not that worried. There might be some growing pains, um, but I'm not that worried about the offense. I'm the one thing that worries me is the secondary because. I mean, we love Manny Diaz's schemes, especially in comparison to the previous regime, but they're aggressive and they make the corners have to do a lot of work. Right. Um, and, and these are pretty much going to be new across See, the I'm world. not worried about that because I think the front seven is going to be so nasty. They're going to be so filthy up front that the corners, their job isn't going to be that difficult. You know, they're going to have to hold for a lot less than some other teams. I think, you know, you have a star in the making on the defensive line. What's his name? Joe Jackson? Yep, Joe Jackson. That guy has star written all over him. I mean, you've got some talent. The tackles actually looked uh, relevant. They looked like they were they knew how to play the game unlike previous years. The linebackers, you can't gush more about them. So I think that's going to make life a lot easier for what probably will be a pretty young secondary. Right, and this is like – so that's definitely the case. And also, just let's be real. Like, And this is what was so frustrating about the previous regime is – Look, you're going to play Florida State, Virginia Tech. There's a couple of teams in there where you're going to line up and might athlete for athlete be close. Most of these teams you can just overwhelm physically if you just attack them. <laughs> and that's what this team's going to do. Right. So, like, you're not going to worry about, like, losing to Duke anymore. I hope not. I mean, but uh, because you're, you you're pretty confident, though. You're pretty confident in the coaching to say that, to not have to worry about it. And, and I'll say this. Well, well, here, here's why, right? So, you just talked about the defensive line. The reason they look so much better is... And this kind of went under the radar, but yeah, Mark Richt is obviously a huge upgrade, and you know there are question marks around Manny, Manny Diaz, but all that crap that went at, down at Missouri two years ago, and Coach Kuligowski was always thought of to be one of, if not the best, defensive line coach in in football, right? In football, and Miami got him basically because there was a mess at at Missouri, and then you know their coach had an illness and basically retired, and all of a sudden this guy's available. And looking around, he knows Rick from being in the SEC with them, and boom, you're back into like the best defensive line coach in the country, and the athletes we have down here, and you could see that clearly last year. Just, they were awesome. 
just overnight. And so I don't <laughs> think that's going – so there, if there's one coach, like I don't know if like maybe the defense starts to get exposed more next year maybe still have some offensive struggles. There's one coach that I'm confident it's a defensive line. Yeah, it's crazy to think, how has that guy not gotten a defensive coordinator gig? I, I don't know his history. I don't know if he has in the past. Coaches, some coaches don't want to do that, too. I mean, it's it's a totally different job, right? Right. I guess he I does it so well. You know? I, I, and again, like I, again, I don't have his bio in front of me. Maybe he's done it before. I don't know. But his, his at, at the defensive line position, he's one of the best. And So that, that one, I mean, that's repeatable. He would take no-star recruits at Missouri and turn them into, like, all SEC players. So I have no no questions at all that the defensive line at the very least will be great and then the linebackers those three freshmen that's incredible that they were freshmen last year so you got that whole group coming back i mean that the front seven you know, should carry the defense right now how long do you give rick before i mean how, what's your patience level with him has he already proven himself to you i mean what's your, what's your take on that Oof, we're already having this conversation? Yeah, I'm curious just to know because I'd like to know ahead of time before things, if they were to go sour because I'm a pessimistic Canes fan at this point because of what Al Golden did to me. You know, he got, what, four, Al Golden got five years or four? Um, four and three-fourths. Four and three-fourths. <laughs> he, he, so, he didn't finish. So how long before this team wins an ACC title before fans start to get fed up and you start to get fed up? Because you said – it's not that hard to win the ACC Coastal, you know, and if they're not at least it's, competing for that. And and it, it's not, and, and they finished, basically if they'd won the Virginia Tech game, they actually would have won the Coastal this year. Um, I don't know, it's hard to answer that question like that. It's more, is the program actually progressing, right? Like, it would be, I mean, what do you do this year if there's like a step back, but you're breaking in a freshman quarterback? Like, right, right, you're going to kill yeah, him for that? I don't, I don't know, matter, I don't know what but... the answer to yeah, I don't know what the so to me it's more of what are they doing. I think the frustrating thing previously and why, and by the way, I was a big fan of Al Golden at the beginning. Right, <laughs> I'll be upfront about that. Like I right. thought he taught, I thought it sounded like he knew what he was talking about, mm-hmm. and I, obviously the scandal wasn't his fault and it hit him. But what frustrated me is there were correctable things that he was making. Like the way the defense was playing was just unacceptable, and he kept trying to make excuses for it. And that's when I soured on him. It wasn't necessarily anything I was seeing, although like the play was terrible it was that it was that he was basically saying this is acceptable or or just a minor tweak it's like no you're 118th in total defense that's not that's not a minor tweak and even this year even though the canes had a i guess a moderately successful i still don't think it was a rousing success but it was a good it was a solid opening season yeah, i mean they I mean, lost and, three games by what less than three points or something close to well, that like they were in they were in three games they lost clearly Right, and I'm, I mean, obviously, the extra point block is the the most bitter of them. But, right. but there were, and and all the wins were blowouts too. Like, if you do like an advanced stats on them last year versus two years ago, it's not even close. Even though the records aren't that far different. But, um, the thing that that I liked, and again, this is qualitative, and it's kind of stupid. Eventually, your results are your results. But, um. You know, in the post game, they asked Rick to like summarize a season. You know, triumphant bowl victory, first bowl victory in a decade, right? And everyone's celebrating. He's like, "I wish we had blocked better on that extra point against FSU." Like, he's already thinking about what we what we screwed up, right? Right, and that was never the case with Golden. It was always excuses, and then like you know, trying to explain why it was okay that they stunk. And he's literally thinking about the losses, and so that gives me a lot more confidence than anything else I see on the field that. The problem we had previously, and this was not actually the problem with Randy Shannon, he just didn't know what he was doing, but Golden wouldn't even acknowledge the problems. So how are you going to fix them, right? <laughs> he thought the defense was okay. No, it was not, right? So 
So at least we're past that stage, and so I think that'll give me at least a little bit longer comfort level there. That, like, let's say the defense or the offense or whatever. Let's say the offense stinks this year, and then he hires an offensive coordinator to call plays. Of course, I'm going to like look, you know, year three and say, all right, let's see what this does, right? Because he's acknowledged that the offense isn't working. He's trying to fix it. That's good. We never even got to that stage. It was the last five years have been surreal. <laughs> I don't know if we put a deadline on when when he has to win the Coastal or win the ACC. I just think as long as the program's moving forward. Yeah, you're more process-driven. Obviously, wins right. don't necessarily imply that you're a better team. Right, and and also just, you know, but no, at some point, though, like if you're in year four and we haven't won the Coastal yet, we got right. a problem, right? <laughs> I, that, I think so. I think there is a point where there's like a drop dead, but at this point we're still, you know, trying to just improve the program. Absolutely. All right, let's shift gears to NFL football. Chris Whittingham on Twitter proposed this. Who says no? Dolphins send Tannehill to Cleveland for Philly's first-round pick. Cowboys send Romo to Miami for the Dolphins' second-round pick. Who says no? Um, what did the so Cleveland so Cowboys is, give up Romo to Miami for a second-round pick, and we send Tannehill to Cleveland for their tw- for the twelfth <laughs> overall pick, which is Philly's. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So actually, I think the question there is. Probably Cleveland. Well, let's say um, Cleveland's in. You as a Cowboys fan, would you part with Romo for a second rounder? No. Well, here's the thing with Romo, though. He's 37, right? Uh, or 36, turning 37 in April. So at best case, if he – and he's not as stable as Tom Brady. You know, he's not as durable. Best case, he gives you, what, two or three more good years tops? Well, he's not even the starter. That's not even what I'm talking about. If you can get a – like, so here's the thing, right? So the way I look at it, there's obviously sentiment – this is something only Cowboys fans will understand. There's sentimentality with Romo. Everyone makes fun of him nationally, but he's I our guy, him. right? I love him. I think he's great. Right. He, I think he's, he's he, underrated. But but let's put all that – despite my furious dirt comments, let's put all that aside. I'm looking around the NFL, and I'm looking at Oakland, who could have won the Super Bowl this year, and the season imploded. I'm seeing the Dolphins having to play Matt Moore in the playoffs. Hey, Matt Moore is not a bad backup, man. He's he's a he's probably he might be well other than the Cowboys. He might be the <laughs> second best backup quarterback in the NFL, right? If Romo's the backup, he's clearly so, the best. So you think he's worth the first round pick? Because that's what Sam Bradford no. was traded for, but he was much I, younger. Yeah, so I think I think uh, I think we could I think the cow I shouldn't say we were on a podcast. <laughs> the Cowboys could get a first round pick for him <laughs> if they send him to a team like Denver, yeah. who thinks they have a defense to win now. But I also think. You gotta look value here and say, how valuable is it to the Cowboys to have him as their backup quarterback? Right. Because Oakland, like Oakland, could have was one of the best teams in football this year, was a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl, and then, you know, they end up not being able to score in the playoffs with like Connor Cook out there, like embarrassing himself. And this happened to the Cowboys last year, right? Because twelve and four. I mean, this is a sec- This is the second time in three years they lost in the same game to the Packers. Yeah, but if I'm Romo and, and and they tell me, hey, we we want you as insurance at 37 years old into next season, I know he's a good guy. I know he's smart. I know he doesn't like to draw attention to himself clearly because he had every opportunity to. I'm making a effing fuss to get traded. So, so here's, that's not here's fair what, to him. but here's no, but here's what I would actually do, and this is not what they're going to do. I don't think he's going to go near. He won't make it to training camp. They're going to trade him. That's what I think. But you're asking what I would do. I would say, look. You're both professionals. Let's have a quarterback competition. Whoever wins it, wins it. Really? You're not going to go younger automatically, even if they're close? No. 
Why so, would I go younger? Because he's the guy is what twenty two years old, twenty three years old. I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. Ugh. If I think my other guy's better, then I'm playing him. But if they thought he was better, they would have played him before. Now I was big. I was. Is, if I were them, I would have. I would have trotted Romo right out there as soon as he got healthy. But clearly they were comfortable, and I mean Dak, he didn't fall off. If anything, he no, got no, better. He was, he was so he had that lull around like the the there was a period where he played like two or three awful games in a row, right? And then after that, like his last three games of the regular season, in the play, he was great in the playoffs too. Like there, that was not him; that was the defense, or we shouldn't even say it. that was Aaron Rodgers just won that game by himself, basically. Yeah. But no, I mean, I think look, if it's a business, right? That's why Romo gets pushed aside. Then it's still a business, right? Why does Dak get automatic privilege? Because I know I'm gonna have Dak for. 10 years versus Romo for two. That's not changing. If you're trying to win the Super Bowl in 2017, you play the best player, right? Yeah, but you can't just factor in the one year. You have to have a a long-range view of it as well. Because it's not like like they have a great running game, great offensive line. Like the defense wasn't amazing. It's not like like they have that, that backbone defense there to carry you and you just need adequate play. Like I think you still, in today's NFL, need today's NFL especially, you clearly need above average to great quarterback play just to get to the Super Bowl. No, of course, but they have that with either of these guys. It's true, but Romo, let's say you trade back and, and Romo... No, 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 I'm not... So, so that's Romo not what breaks, I'm suggesting. breaks a pinky. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so I think we're confusing ourselves here. That's not what I was suggesting. I was suggesting let them compete and keep them both. Right, you're saying let them compete and get them both, but you think Tony Romo is just going to sit there, lip shut, and go about his business? If he loses the job, if you give him a legitimate open competition and he loses the job, what's he going to do? I'm going to he's going to bitch like crazy and he's going to say gonna, I'm but, not I'm not going to waste the correct the rest answer of my is career. actually there's 0% chance he would lose an open competition to win that job. You don't think so? You really think Dak can run the offense better than him? Like overall, uh, like knows the playbook and make no, all the throws. I, I, no I think Jerry Jones has some influence and I, I think he wants to go with with the young Big if you want to, so that's move. again, again, like I said, this is what I would do. I'd let them compete and I'd keep them both because one of these two guys is going to get injured. You're going to have Mark Sanchez in there in week eight thinking, damn it. You can't. <laughs> see, you're, you're a pessimistic Cowboys fan. You can't expect the guy to get hurt. But this is what happened. This is what sandbagged the season two years ago. Next yeah. thing you know, Whedon's in there and you're like, well, there went that. All right. And, so, you, so you would and, keep and, them both. And especially from like a cat. Dax on the fourth round pick salary. So it's not like you're over invested in that position. No, have, it, trust me, it's a great problem to have. That's what. That's why I advise every team draft. Like, like the Dolphins haven't drafted a quarterback since Ryan Tannehill outside of the seventh round is mind-boggling to me. It's like they're afraid to give them any ounce of competition. Like, there's no such thing as too many good quarterbacks in this league. As it shows, you could parlay even a decent backup like Garoppolo. If they trade him this summer, he's going to fetch a fortune. And he's not necessarily worth that. It's just the allure of the position. Like always, draft quarterbacks. I don't get it. Always keep yeah. Look at look guys. at Os, look at Osweiler. Yeah, he sucks. And, and that that was funny because Denver literally concluded that Peyton Manning's corpse was a better option, and then they still gave him all that money. Right. But he's no, still I, offered. I don't, I, Denver wanted him too. That's what's crazy. Yeah, that that whole thing was weird. But I I do think I think they'll trade Romo. I think he's done in Dallas. But I would I would want a good enough haul to justify getting rid of my insurance at quarterback because it's just so easy for that guy to get injured and like Tannehill's not injury prone but stuff happens and then yep. the next thing you know you're in there with the you can't win anymore you cannot like you said you need at least 
above average, if not better, to compete. And if you're trying to win the Super Bowl and you have two guys at the one position where you can't take an injury, that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Because, like, literally, when you talk about the playoffs, like, how do you – what could go wrong? Like, the Cowboys this year, the quarterback getting injured wasn't even a problem. It's true. Yeah, and I mean, basically, basically – but they were great. They was just – Rodgers was better. He was great. No, no, there was not – again, like, if you got to go down, that's just – I mean, that throw he made at the end of the game, just add that to the list of, like, playoff calamities since 1995 and just move on. Right. Yeah. Denver, Denver, or Houston. I think they make the most sense. They they have the late first round value. That seems fair, even though he's older, because they have the pieces around the quarterback too. Right. And, and I think I think that's ultimately what will happen. But I wouldn't. I mean, I I don't know what his worth is, but I can tell you right now, if 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 Dak gets injured in like week three, they're gonna be. It doesn't matter what they got for Romo, they're gonna be regretting doing it. Uh, you can't play Captain Hindsight like that. You can't no, expect playing, your QB one to go I'm not, down. I'm not playing. I'm not playing hindsight. You're, you're playing Captain this. Foresight into hindsight, <laughs> like you're projecting doom. You can't. You can't go into a season and expect I mean, your I mean, QB to go down. There's, there's multiple things though, right? There's the injury. There's what if Dak isn't as good next year? He's got. He's had one season, right? There's no question. He's like. There's a good chance he could come back down to earth. Right. Then what are you? You're going to be sitting there like oops. Let's say your let's say your starting tackle goes down, the running game isn't as good, uh, and everything's more pressure on the quarterback. Like Ryan Tannehill, the part of the issue, uh, everybody thinks he's average or, or worse, especially nationally, is because his line has been terrible for so long. He's been in third and long his whole career until this year, where he's at least put in a better position to succeed. But man, it could go down in a hurry. It it, it really takes a true team to win. Matt Ryan going into this season wasn't talked about as being an elite quarterback. Now he's made it to the top four. He had a great year statistically, and he's a god again. You know, it's just it's a weird league, right? But so, so from the Cowboys' perspective, you're you're talking about giving getting rid of a guy you know is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and you know, yeah, if he's healthy, which is a huge question mark, right? That's definitely a question mark. You can throw out there in any situation, you'll be fine. And again, it, the cap isn't an issue because you're not paying Prescott anything. It's true. It's a, <laughs> but it's a good I don't, problem. But I don't think that I. I think he. I, I think you're. I think you nailed it. Houston or Denver will offer up a first rounder, and he'll go. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting for sure. But hey, man, I gotta pour some more whiskey and watch this glorious Heat Mavericks tank. I, I I do not do not envy you. I mean, I think the the uh, the benches probably have more talent on it than the actual. <laughs> the court at this point, but. it's true hey I'm, I'm i genuinely got upset and now this is gonna sound terrible i'm a terrible fan but i was a little disappointed when i like i didn't stay up for that houston heat game and or excuse me it might not even been a late game it was a home game but when i checked the score on my phone i was a little disappointed that they pulled it out you know i want that number one pick see i i just try to zone out and not pay attention See, I need to know what what I need to know is is if Dirk's gonna hang him up because then I gotta start watching these games. <laughs> there's a good chance. There's a good chance that well, I mean, let's I say they don't sign him. He's not going through more than one year of this. You gotta believe that. I I don't know, but like I need to know this in advance so I could actually like watch these last few games. I would Other- I would start watching, man, because if this team God, such, think about it, it's such a time commitment when you're down thirty points in the first quarter. It I mean, it's true. It is true. Yeah, it's, I don't get it's tough it. To watch. Yeah, the NBA, what's funny is, like, there's a lot of bad teams. There's maybe 10 good teams. Everybody else stinks, like, really stinks. The bottom is – well, this is the – it's the opposite for the super teams, right? If all the players go to a few teams, then the rest are even worse. Yeah, and yet they made that – Even on the bad teams, there used to be, like, one guy you'd want to watch. 
like hey. even the when, the when the Timberwolves stunk, right? Kevin Love was on that team. Right. Dude, like, all right, I can watch Kevin Love at least. That's Kevin Gar- they stunk with Kevin Garnett too, and he was on that team. I mean, they made the playoffs at least. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> but true. no, but I mean, that's like there was always like at least most teams at least had one guy. You're like, oh, you can watch that guy. There's entire friend like games with both teams. Where you're like, I don't want to see any of these guys. Let me play ask basketball. you. Let me ask you this: The Mavs showed a lot of interest in Hassan Whiteside. Do you think they would trade for him? I have honestly, I have no idea what they're doing. Well, do you I think? think I mean, would you trade for him? You had a chance to sign him out, right? Let's say Miami says we'll take your first round pick, which is likely a top ten pick for Hassan right now. You do it? No. No. Nope. Why not? You love him. I mean, Mark Cuban's obsessed with making the playoffs. He's not in. He's not made of the Sixers stink to win philosophy. You know, he wants to make the playoffs every year if he can help it. No, I, I understand. I, I understand that. I just don't know which direction the. Like, this is like this is what I'm saying. This is what we start kind of coming full circle here. But this is why the Heat have a clear rebuild direction, and the Mavericks don't. So you got money into Harrison Barnes and Wes Matthews. You still have Dirk around. I mean, Darren Williams is the starting point guard. Like this is an old team. I don't know if adding a veteran, which is I guess what Whiteside is now, is a good move. I, I'm more about shedding salary, getting off these contracts. What's funny? What's funny is if the Heat didn't play this dance with Wade so late. There's a good chance Riley would have offered Harrison Barnes or somebody else like that and done the same thing that the Mavs are doing and kind of float in the middle because he's done it for most of his career. You know, they've been when they had Hardaway and Zoe and then they had uh, before they got Shaq, they were like that second tier team and they were always kind of battling in that the, the second and third tiers, the third to fifth seed, that kind of thing, and they were never able to get over the hump. Let me ask you this: What do you, do you think the Heat thought? That, I know I'm not going to throw this in your face. Do you think the Heat thought they had a playoff team this year? I think that they thought they were going to surprise some people, and that's only because I thought they were going to surprise some people before the injuries just spiraled out. And I also expected more of a jump from Winslow, and obviously he's hurt now, but I expected him to make a huge leap offensively. That didn't happen, and he was the key. If he didn't do it, they just they just didn't have enough. But also, I mean, Whiteside, so incredibly talented, but anytime you describe the guy when you're talking about trading him or what his value is, is – it's always prefaced with when he's engaged. And you watch him, and he's just lumbering around half the time. And But when he's on, like defensively, you're not – I don't care if you're LeBron or anybody else, you're not getting a clean look at the rim. And that's got a lot of value, but it's just a matter of, of doing it consistently. So the hope is if you're, if you're a playoff team and you get to that point, he might coast during the season, but in the playoffs he's always going to be on. But, I mean, we'll see. I, w- I would cut my, my ties with him. And I, I like Goran Dragic a lot. That I, I'm a big believer in him, and I think they should still keep him if they can. Yeah, so this is, this is what I don't don't understand, right? With him, like, what what do people think you get at like 15th pick in the NBA draft? You'd be you'd you'd like do a backflip if you got Dragic. Exactly. There, but they want to I mean, flip him. But you would do that. At, same player. You would do that at eight. You would probably do that at seven. Like once you get to the top five, maybe not. Here, Daryl Morey. I read this great article about him. He assigns a draft value to everybody on his team, and they stick to it. And they say, yeah, he's worth the fifth pick, the fourth pick. Uh, James Harden is probably worth the first pick or untouchable at this point. And Dragic, I would probably put him at, like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine. And that's, yeah, that's three I, years from now. Like, you're going to – gonna. I don't I don't get just trading him to trade him. I don't get that at all. Right. And I, you're, you're not going to be able to, like – again, it amazes me being a 90s Mavericks fan. Yeah. The draft picks, man, they're 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 the fool's gold. Oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't think for a second that Riley's not going to flip it. Is. Yeah. No, if, you a, if you have... But not just flip it. Like, most of these guys bust. Right. You can go through any draft, and even, like, the good ones, and, like... Yeah. You're lucky if you get a starter. I think even you in the top... I think like, top three, it's a coin flip. You know, and then even then, I think the fact that Riley got burned with Beasley, I, if he gets a top three pick, as it looks like it's going to be now, I don't think there's a chance in hell he keeps it. <laughs> it, it stinks because I think... I think today's league, like, it's a better route to draft organically, but it is a risk. But still, in a top three with a pretty good draft, I would probably take the player, but I don't think Riley, I don't think he thinks that way. I think he would try to flip it for Cousins or Paul George, somebody somebody like that that's proven. But, I mean, you look at all the teams that win titles now, it's a lot of guys are on the team that they started with. And it's only going to be that case down the road with the new CBA and how much, how they make it incentivized to stay and, yeah, that that definitely changes things. I mean, I mean, what do you so like LeBron? Do we count him as being on the team he started with? <laughs> no, because because he can't be an astro- He's an right? astro- Yeah, he's an anomaly. You know, he's an outlier. That's I don't think it bodes for him. But I mean, Durant Durant went to to Golden State. Like, there, there's still player movement. I just I think people always you know it's the grass is always greener thing. Like, oh yeah, just trade this for a pick. We'll get this young superstar. It's like right. no, you're gonna end up with like a guy who's playing in North Dakota. Right. Uh, that's the funny thing now is that you think like, oh yeah, a top 10 pick, that's great value. The number 10 pick. No, I mean, keep your good players. And the thing that bothers me with Dragic is they're like, yeah, he's 30. The Heat's other guys are younger. They're not in the same timeline. I'm like, have you looked at the San Antonio Spurs? Like, it doesn't matter if one guy's 30 and one guy's 20. It's just, it's, it matters having, you need three or four really, really good players to have a chance. It doesn't matter how old they are. It's it's also he doesn't have those miles on his body from like making the finals or conference finals repeatedly that a lot of these other guys do. So right. I think he can play longer too. And he's never relied on pure athleticism. He's not like an amazing athlete. He's fast and he's crafty, but he he relies more on his skill as far as footwork, shooting, passing. Like I think his game will age well. If anything, he could just become like that Manu Ginobili type, where he's more of a spot up shooter in the end. But I love right, him. And he's, I hope he's, he's on a good. He's he's on a good deal. Like right. I don't understand this. I think right. it's just it's always like when things go wrong. You know, they always start looking at the the older players. And like, let's get rid of this guy. We're not winning right now. Why do we want an older guy? And it's like, nah. You Say, know. Saying all that, I, I love Lonzo Ball. I think there's. I don't think there's any chance he's a bust. Have you watched him play? I have. I I just. You never know. Someone could get injured. Someone get injuries. Things happen, right? I mean, it's just. If, if look if the Heat have the number one pick, then that's fine. Like they'll take Ball and be happy. Like I don't think Riley would trade that, but but uh, I don't think anyone's gonna get the number one pick and then flip it for Dragic either. You're talking about like a if you're lucky, like a lottery pick, but probably not even that. Right. Yeah, I don't see. It. I think you're better off keeping him. Values more in your favor. But all right, I gotta wrap this up. I gotta I yeah, gotta get definitely. another whiskey. Watch this Heat game. I really thank you for for joining me and uh, we'll have to do this again soon when the canes are are back all right sure anytime what's your twitter feed for everybody for the 200 listeners out there that are going <laughs> to listen to this at vrp2003 and the 2003 is representative of what uh the i'm gonna date myself big time the year i graduated from um oh i thought it was something in canes football history okay well, that was the beginning of the implosion, the abyss that we are now in. There you go. That's what you're <laughs> synonymous now. I'm, 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 I'm commemorating it. All right. Thanks for the time, Vision.